Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Erin Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast, my podcast about immigrants and immigration and everything in between. Thank you for listening and downloading the show, and thank you for supporting my dad. Welcome back, Immigrant Nation. Another week, another new episode. As always, every week, I want to start this episode with gratitude. And what I mean by that is I want to thank you all for your continued support, no matter how small or big it is. If it means sharing an episode online or by telling your family and friends about the podcast, and of course, subscribing to it, I really appreciate it, as you are the reason why I'm continuing this project. Now, let's talk about the episode. If you're looking for motivation to make change in your life, this episode is that. I really enjoyed this conversation with an amazing gentleman, particularly when he said life is meant to be enjoyed. Because really, what's our purpose in this beautiful God's creation if it ain't that? Also, you'll quickly learn that this episode has so much quotable quotes that will help you improve your life in the simplest yet most impactful way. Let's cut to the chase. So, without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Today's guest is a brand architect, a public speaker, and a warrior of Christ. His soldier boy is missing twin brother at one point, but now he's a Nigerian dreamboat. Everyone, please welcome Sele Ahibe. Hello, hello. How you doing, my man? <laughs> I'm doing good, thank you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Uh, I saw your account. I'm like, yo, this guy's cool. I want to talk to him. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Before we go on, if you want to tell the immigrant nation where they can reach you, let them know. Okay. Um, you can reach me on Instagram. My Instagram is A-Y-O-A-K-H-I-G-B-E. Once again, that's A-Y-O-A-K-H-I-G-B-E. Mm. Or if you just type in my name, Sele Ahibe, S-E-L-E, A-K-H-I-G-B-E. Awesome. Beautiful name. I love Nigerians' name, man. They're so cool. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate that. That's really yeah. good. Plus, I always say you guys are like the perfect human being because you guys oh, are wow. beautiful and smart and powerful. I get, I, I, that, that's true. We're also, like, on the flip side, we're also highly confident. So... <laughs> so. <laughs> One thing I gotta, I gotta, I gotta say about my people: we're very, we're very confident, very, very confident people. Why do you think is that? Um, I think it's a natural sense of pride in Nigeria. Um, that can be good or bad, but um, one thing I have noticed about Nigerians from a social standpoint, and this is whether it's Nigerians living in Nigeria or scattered across different parts of the world, is um, this sense of accomplish this this need to succeed this need to accomplish things, this need to display those credentials, because at the end of the day, like Nigeria aesthetically is very beautiful, but there's natural, there's natural resources that we have to feed for versus, let's say you live in the U.S. right now or where I am in Seattle, I'll never have to worry about electricity. And if I ever do, just call up the landlord or call the property manager or realistically just figure it out myself as opposed to Nigeria, um, unless you have a generator, any random aspect of the day, your lights can just go off. 
right? So, you know, that I don't I don't want to say it, it's just a different sense of hardships that you experience in Nigeria. So there's that need to always be able to succeed, make it past it. And on top of that, there's this, especially for the men, there's this sense of pride in providing. Mm-hmm. So to be able to do that, naturally, the concept is you have to be as successful as possible to be able to provide as much as possible. Because as a man down there, the worst thing you can do for yourself is not be a provider for yourself and or your family. So there's just this strong sense to succeed. And then as a result, once you succeeded, the world needs to know you succeeded. Mm, For sure. Have you been to Nigeria? Born there, um, left when I was about two years old. Hadn't gone back, but um, I've always stayed in communication with the family. So and I always just study random politics and random socioeconomic climate out there. So it's been... It's something that I plan to do probably in a year or two. I'll probably go with my mom, see the country. Show, she'll probably show me where I was born. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the beautiful things that she probably showed me when I was a baby, but I'm too young. I was too young to remember it. Mm-hmm. So that is something I'm looking forward to. But for now, I'm enjoying my time in the States. Traveling is expensive at this moment, so I'm going to save my money for a little bit. Mm-hmm, for sure. So you never visited at all? Like since I haven't you left. visited since. Wow. Yeah. Why do you think it's not? expensive <laughs> yeah expensive it's an, it's an expensive trip um and at the same time um i was in school for a while so my parents really wanted me to focus on school i didn't travel too much until maybe last year is when i did most of my independent traveling outside of that i only traveled if my parents traveled mm. and we would just travel to different parts of the u.s versus well, some parts of canada but outside of that I haven't done much of it, much else because you've been focusing in school I was going to school. My, my parents just wanted me to focus. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, you know, it's an immigrant parent thing. You know, mm-hmm. academics matter before everything else. Mm-hmm. It's like God, academics. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you can fail us. Exactly. That's it. So that was that was the focus, and I'm not mad at it. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned you were raised in Canada. Which part of Canada were you raised? So when I first moved to Canada, we, funny enough, we were in Montreal first for a little, t- a little amount of time. Then we moved to Toronto for about two years. Then I was in Brampton the remainder. So that was about 18 years in Brampton. Brampton. And actually, that's a lie. That's a lie. I did not get raised in Brampton for 18 years. I was in Brampton for 12 years. And that, no, I was in Brampton for 10 years. And then for one year, I went to Cornwall for college. Another year, I went to Belleville for college. And then for six years, I was in Ottawa. For college again or just living? For university, for university, for university for five years. And I stayed another year because, you know, I was paying right there. Mm, for sure. Wait, Cornwall, there's a university in, or college in Cornwall? Yeah, um, St. Lawrence College, oh, the yeah. Cornwall branch. Okay, yeah, 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 because I go biking once in a while, and I remember the mm-hmm. first time I was biking, it was just a random, out of nowhere, it just showed up, like, there's <laughs> a college here? Yeah, this is just a random college at, like, the bottom of the city, and, like, literally the bottom, because, like, at the bottom of the hill, so it's like, at the bottom of the city, right by the lake, um, so it's a nice college in the summer, terrible in the winter, because, I don't know, that, that city pretty much shares the same weather patterns as Ottawa. So it gets like disastrously cold, like negative 35, negative 40 degrees Celsius mm-hmm. in the winter. And then because it's such a small town, um, I, I can't believe I remember this. Um, you know, the snow plowers don't come immediately. So it's, a, it's an interesting, it was an interesting time to be there. 
Why did you choose Cornwall? So I went to Cornwall for journalism initially. Um, I had took a fifth year of high school because I had experienced two concussions in mm. grade 12. And instead of going straight to university, even though I got accepted to, I think I applied to two universities, I got accepted to both of them. I wanted to just stay for an extra year, rest my head. Got a third concussion in my fifth year. And <laughs> all of these were just random accidents. It was just accidents. The first one was um, I was playing basketball and I tripped and a bunch of people fell on top of me. So my head just mm. kept banging the floor. The second one was when I came back to school after being gone for so long for the first concussion, I sat on a bench and the bench broke and the back of my head hit a cement wall. <laughs> yeah, like it was it was crazy. And then the third one, I was in the back seat of a car and when we were driving, a car hit my side of the car and then my head bounced off the window. <laughs> oh so I was like, yo, Dude. Man, man. <laughs> I haven't gotten a concussion in a long time. So <laughs> I remember having, having a conversation with my grandma. I'm like, yo, grandma, I don't know what program I want to do. She was out of Nigeria. I said, well, grandma, I don't know what program I want to do. Um, my auntie mentioned journalism. What do you think? And she said, yeah, you should go to journalism. You know, you should pick a school that, you know, you won't get distracted in. So I said, okay, sure. I'm going to do that. So mm. I applied to Loyalist College in Bellevue, Belleville, and then um, St. Lawrence College in Cornwall. I was thinking to myself, we're both far out, you know, one, two and a half hours away from Toronto, one, five hours away from Toronto. This is good. So I chose, funny enough, St. Lawrence College, hated it my entire time there. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I was like, this, this is too far. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was too far. and um, But it was a good time. I, I Let me not say it was a good time. It was a learning experience. And um, I'm very, like, when I think back to it now, I see what I learned there. Actually, that's a lie. The moment I left, I saw what I had learned there. I just hated it so much that I didn't hear, I didn't learn it in the moment, mm. which was, the natural things when you move away from home, um, learning how to be kind of independent. I thankfully had uh, my parents still paying for school so at the time. So I wasn't stuck on my own. You know, I still kind of had an allowance. I got to venture off to do things by myself, but I wasn't the part. I wasn't a big party person. So I wasn't, and I didn't like being home out late. And Cornwall is creepy. So I wasn't trying to stay out late. <laughs> it is. It's really, it's really creepy town, so that was good. And um, yeah, it was just to go there and to stay focused. But after a year, I just hated it so much. I told myself I'm going to transfer. My mom said, okay, if we're going to transfer, we're going to figure it out yourself. So mm. I figured out my transfer to Loyalist College. But Cornwall was, I've only visited Cornwall willingly one time since I moved. So that would have been, I left 2014. So I have not visited Cornwall. I visited Cornwall one time in 2019. That's a lie, 2020. I haven't gone back since. You hate it so much. Ah, uh, it was. It, it, it's not. It's not nothing to do. Very, very small town. Um, they had a pa they had a paper mill there when I was there, or wood. I don't know some mill, and it shut down while I was in Ottawa. So, a lot of the job situations were focused on that mill, and um, I don't know. I felt the, it felt like a completely different place than when I finally visited, but you know. It's a nice town. If you like small town living, Cornwall, I would say it's a good choice. But uh, I just didn't like it. It was I, I, I don't know. Maybe I wanted to be closer to home. I think I know it is. I wanted to be closer to home at that time. Um, I thought it was too boring. Like, like I'm not, I don't go out much, but I at least want something to do when I go outside. And there was like, oh, okay, you go, you go drinking at the bar. And outside of that, 
there was nothing. So I didn't like that. But other than that, I still appreciate my time there. It was a year that really did teach me a lot. All yeah. that long-winded answer to say, talk to my grandma, said it would be a good idea to go somewhere far. <laughs> <laughs> grandma knows the best, you know. Yeah, that's facts. You know. Also, did you play basketball in Loyalist and Cornwall? So I didn't play it in Cornwall. I was I had a knee injury, so I wanted to take that to rest. I played in <laughs> I played in Loyalist, and then the second regular I think it was the second or the third regular season game in the layup drills during um, warm ups before the game, an elbow hit the top of my head. That was a concussion again. Oh concussion. <laughs> <laughs> Sports concussion. Holy shit! At that point, I said, "I'm done with sports. I'm not. I'm not. I'm." Because I, I thought to myself, "Like playing recreationally is cool, but if I get another concussion playing like sports seriously, this may turn out a lot worse." Mm. So um, I just made an educated decision. I said, "I'm done playing sports." Told the coach. He understood. Um, I still play against the team, like scrimmage every once in a while when I felt like it, but. Mm. That was that was it. Do you still play? Oh, I still play. I still I stay. What's great about the U.S. is that um, that I didn't find in Canada. There's gyms everywhere. Hmm. So I play maybe four or five times a week now. Versus when I was in Canada, especially in Ottawa, maybe I can play before class at Carleton for like thirty minutes. Maybe that's it. Here I can drive. Five minutes, one direction. I got a gym I can play at. I get five drive five minutes in another direction. There's another gym I can play at. Like there's so many options in Seattle hmm. in comparison to when I was living in Canada. Yeah, I agree. There's so much like there are gyms, but they're not open for you to play at. Exactly. It was so frustrating. Or I got to pay this ridiculous fee, or I got to rent it out, or I got to book unless I have like a private trainer or I'm part of some club. Like, yo, I'm 20 plus years old at this point. Like, I'm not hiring a trainer. Like, I just want to play basketball. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or sometimes they have like parks out, uh, outdoor parks, and they have like mm -hmm. hockey rink even in the summer. I'm like, yo, put a net, man. Thank you. It's, 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 but it's, I think it's a difference in culture too, right? Um, Canada, Canada, where Canada is very liberal in the sense that, um, like, there's a lot of social programs, but sports on a mass scale isn't advertised as much as it is in the US. Like and I think it's a difference in patriotism as well, where you have the US and I, I've know like I've always known this, but it was different now seeing it, where there's patriotism on every level, on a on a macro scale, from like this is the US, this is the American flag, and then there's patriotism on micro levels. So the specific college that you went to matters. Your alma mater for your college, your high school matters. When I found out, like, your elementary and middle school even matter, I was like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> who gives a crap? Like, we didn't care growing up back in Canada. Let me not speak for everybody, but at least in my region of Ontario and people that I had met, middle school didn't matter that much outside of, like, small, minute conversations. Like, oh, you went to this middle school? Like, oh, I went there. And, you know, that's kind of where it ends. You don't, you don't have the alumni for your middle school coming back, donating money. Mm. Right. So I was like, what the heck? And it's, it's a cultural thing. It's like because there's so much pride with your school. There's pride with your school sports. So as a result, that 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 pride, like you were you had that pride when you were 10. You're 45 years old with six, seven figure salaries. You're going to invest back into that, into whatever the athletics was. 
right? So there's this constant continuation of this push for athletics that you don't find it in Canada. And um, I think that's, I want to say we're suffering in that sense because we don't have the population the U.S. has. Or Canada is not going to say we, because if I say we, nobody will know if I'm referring to Canada or the U.S. <laughs> but <laughs> Canada doesn't have the mass population the U.S. has, where the U.S. has 10 times the population of Canada. So you're not, you're like, of course, you're not going to get that. Like everything is like OD on steroids in the U.S. From food to entertainment to music to academics to politics to everything. So that's kind of like there's a massive social difference. And I think part of that is like the patriot because in the U.S. I've noticed like at least what is advertised. And I don't think it's been as much this way in the last say five years, especially with the, you know, advent of social media. And I'm going to say advent, the advent of the consistent usage of social media, which pretty much started like 2013, 2014, mm-hmm. where prior to that, you know, this is a flag, like you defend the flag. You're an American first. Where in Canada, from a social standpoint and, you know, a cultural standpoint, you are whatever country you came from first and then you're Canadian. But <laughs> in the US, you're an American first and then you're whatever else we say you are after. Well, it's the reverse in Canada. If you're Nigerian, you're okay, you're Nigerian, but you're also Canadian. Hmm. And it's because Canada just prides themselves on the multiculturalism, where U.S. is multicultural, more so by nature of immigration being very easy to get into. Mm-hmm. So. For sure. How did you end up in Seattle? So last year, January, yeah, this would have been 2021 January, um, I, if I was to take it back a little bit further, 2019 December, I was considering moving to state, but I didn't know um, if this was something that I just wanted to do to escape Canada or something I really wanted to do. Hmm. Part of it is because I hate the cold. I mean, I'm, I'll be completely transparent. Well, you're Nigerian. <laughs> yeah, I hate the cold, man. I, I can't stand the cold. So afterwards, um, I kind of like kept that a secret for a while. And then January, for a year actually, and then January 2021, I decided that, hey, you know what? I feel that there's more for me in life than in Canada. Not to say that there aren't opportunities in Canada. I really believe that there are. I don't think everybody should move, but I do think everybody should move. <laughs> I think everybody should move somewhere and explore different parts of the world. Mm. Like whether move within Canada or move outside of Canada or move within the U.S. or move outside of the U.S. or go to the U.K. or go to Sweden, Germany. I think everybody should experience how beautiful life is. Mm. And um I really felt that. And I'm like, yo, I really feel that there's more for me. Um, I want to move to the U.S. I remember telling my, I didn't know how to tell my mom because my mom, I don't, even though I haven't lived with my mom in almost 10 years, like I was in Ottawa for six and a half, six to six and a half years. Like I'm only five hour drive away from her. So I remember telling my mom, I wanted to tell my mom and I was nervous to tell my mom. I know if I told my dad, my dad is like, down for it. my dad has always been the one that says travel, move, do whatever you want, explore life. My mom is more of the methodical one, like, no, plan it out. Maybe you should stay home. Your life is here. Both are very good ways to look at life. And, um, you know, both come with the pros and cons. So because I was nervous and telling my mom, I already planned out how I was going to do it. So I called my mom's older sister. <laughs> called her older sister, asked for advice. I said, Auntie, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. I want to move to the U.S., but I'm only going to go to the U.S. for work. I'm not going to go to the U.S. for anything else. And um, I'm like, I'm not going to be one of the people that just moves to the U.S. and figures it out. I was like, no, I'm going to go on. I'm going to go for work, get on a visa, and then be ta- attached to that visa. So, okay, that's a really good plan. Um, so she said, okay, well, talk to your mom about it. I spoke to my dad first, spoke to my sisters as well. 
And then I went to my mom last. (laughs) For the next while, I'm going to be applying for jobs and I'm moving to the States. Mm. And I got a job offer. And the jobs, I I wanted a job in Miami or I wanted a job in Chicago or I wanted a job in Dallas. And then eventually I'm like, okay, maybe Atlanta. So I'm like, okay, before I do any of that, let me visit these states before, you know, I decide to just move my life out there. Mm-hmm. But I knew that also when I, and this kind of sounds like for people that aren't Christian, are Christian, aren't religious, are religious, doesn't like, this may, like, I just wanted that to give it an objective term. I really wanted to feel that attachment or feel that small voice in my heart. And like, this is where you should go. Mm-hmm. So I went to go first visit Florida. I went to Orlando. I should lie. I went to Chicago first in the summer last year, visited my friend of mine actually is an attorney out there. He, him and I decided at the same time that we were going to move to the U S he wrote the bar for the state of Illinois, got accepted and was waiting a while to get a job. I actually got a job offer in Miami first before he got his in Chicago, but I turned mine down Hmm. because I didn't something about it. I don't know. I just wasn't, I didn't feel that, but, um, he moved out to Illinois. So I went to go visit him in Illinois. And um, out in Chicago, he lives in like the Oak Park region. And while I was there, I'm like, this is probably the best food I've ever tasted in any place I've ever been to. But I thought about it. I'm like, I just, I'm planning on leaving the winters of Ottawa. Why would I want to go to the winters of Chicago? So Chicago was a hell no. Then um, went to Orlando to just stay there for a week, check it out. And I'm like, if Orlando's like this, Miami's like 10 times worse. I don't want to move to Miami. I feel that I'm not, I'm going to be very distracted. There's going to be too much to do. I don't think I need that at this age. Maybe if I was like 21, 22, and I had this endless influx of cash, then sure, I'll move to Miami. But I don't think it would be a wise decision for me. Then I flew up to Dallas for a job interview, got the job. I thought to myself I could live in Dallas, but I just felt really uncomfortable for some strange reason. I could never explain it. Why? And um I have no idea. I just didn't feel comfortable. I'm like, even though Dallas was my gold mine choice, like I still want to move to Dallas at some point. But in that moment, I didn't feel comfortable with the job offer. And I remember delaying it for about a week. They gave me the letter and I was making, I was going to make good money, but I just didn't feel comfortable. So I eventually declined it. And then my family took a trip down to Atlanta for um, a wedding anniversary. Was it a wedding anniversary? I think it was a birthday event for a family, for my mom's pastor. My mom, yeah, my mom's pastor. They went, we went down to Atlanta, and I was in Atlanta. And I don't like Atlanta. I didn't like Atlanta prior to that. And I was there. I'm like, maybe I'll like Atlanta. So I started applying for jobs there. Got accepted for a remote position, and I would, I could just, I would have to move to Atlanta. And I just didn't feel comfortable again, so I rejected that offer as well. So hmm. it's now November. <laughs> I've decided in January that I was going to move to the States and I have nothing at this point. Mm. And I remember I prayed for a while. I'm like, yo, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to, because how I was thinking about it was I have this um, digital marketing firm that I ran. So that's how, that's what I was doing for work for about three years. So my mentality at the time was I want to pick a job where I'll just work for a digital marketing firm in the States so that I can still focus on my business. But this time I decided that let me change my approach and just get a job as like, I'm a web developer. So like, let me just get a job as a web developer for a non-marketing firm. Let me just do a, like work on the same website or the same products every single day. So I don't run out of creativity for my own job, for my own business on the side. And even that's the case, let me just, just do anything. So I ended up getting a 
offer from this company in Seattle. But at the time, I was just applying for jobs. I didn't actually see the company who's in Seattle. So <laughs> it's now the day of the, I tell the story to them and they, 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 they laugh every time I tell the story. It's the day of the interview. And I'm like, okay, let me freshen up, get my memory straight on what this company does. I'm looking at the job application and I'm seeing, because initially I wanted a, a remote position. So I would have to move to the States, but I can work remotely. And I wanted to live on the East Coast because, you know, the clients I work with are on the East Coast. And I see it's in Seattle, Washington. And I'm like, oh, this can't, because at the time I still didn't know American geography. So I'm thinking like a city in Washington, D.C. That's what I'm thinking in my head. That's what I convinced myself. And I'm like, you know, I'm just going to ask, I'm going to ask the, the interviewer exactly what it is and then we'll see what happens. So I'm started the interview. The person's not there yet. They're taking a while. I had a full suit on. I just believe in being in the suit for an interview. <laughs> and um, the direct, the, we were late. I had no idea where they were. So I went to go change. And then I hear that she finally came to the, the meeting. And I rush back. I'm like, oh, dang, I'm so sorry. I was in a suit earlier. It's like, oh, no, no, no problem. No problem. Like, oh, am I allowed to change back? Like, yeah, for sure, change back. So I rush. You actually changed back and let her wait? Yeah. <laughs> she said, no problem. So I ran, changed back, came back to the interview. I said, thank you so much. I'm so sorry. She's like, no, no, I'm, so I'm so sorry. I was late. My apologies. I said, no, no, it's no problem. You know, the Canadian thing, apologize for everything. Mm -hmm. And um, I asked, I said, so is this? job in seattle like seattle washington like by vancouver and he said yes i said okay you know i'm smiling saying okay in my head i'm saying holy crap bro because <laughs> i have never funny enough i have never said a good thing about seattle in my life prior <laughs> to moving there what like, i have i bashed it they have a crazy homelessness population taxes are crazy um it's so expensive to live here and then chad happened in seattle the autonomous zone where so mm -hmm. I was just, I always make fun of Seattle. Like, Seattle's stupid. That was my mentality. And probably within five minutes of that interview, when we had, we had not talked about the job, we had not talked about Seattle, we had not talked about anything in relation to what I was going to do there, I felt exactly what I was looking for. Mm. And I told myself that if this company hires me, I'm moving to Seattle. I had never been to Seattle. I had never even been on the West Coast of my life. And um, I hadn't even been to Vancouver. So I'm like, if they hire me, I'm going to do it. That was on a Thursday. The following Tuesday, they hired me in November. Hmm. But I had to get, like, getting my papers settled took a lot longer than I initially expected. And then I was staying in, I was staying with my parents in, well, they moved out of Toronto and they lived in the Niagara region. So I was staying with them in Niagara, but all of my things were in Ottawa. Oh, bro. So I, and then I told them that, hey, you know, when can you start? I'm like, well, my birthday is in December, December 4th. And this is probably going to be the only time, this is the first time in like eight years. I'm able to spend it at home. I said, oh, no problem. You can start in January. I'm like, wow, this gives me enough time to spend time with my family. So they just kept in communication with me every two, three days. Like, I really, I'm really grateful to God for my director. She's amazing. Um, she kept in contact with me every two, three days. Um, we got to know each other really well. So I really believe that's why we have such great chemistry at work now, because we had those, like, that month and a half hmm. to be able to communicate. And then January, that's a lot, two months. To be able to communicate and then i started january 6th and then i moved to seattle january 28th and that's where i've been ever since i love the city now um maybe i think two minutes after leaving the airport i just looked outside and i said this is a beautiful city mm. and all of the negatives 
that I thought about still exist, but I didn't realize how many more positives there were. Mm. And the positives are astronomical. Like we don't get extreme weather because because of all the hills. Um, like wind passes through. Wind doesn't just pass through the city, and extreme heat doesn't really pass through the city. It's very nature based. So my allergies like were on were crazy when I got here initially. <laughs> like my seasonal allergies were on overdrive. Like I I couldn't breathe properly. Uh. I couldn't see well. So I have to take like so much more allergy medicine than I'm used to. But um, the city is amazing. Um, I'm really grateful I made this decision because um, I trusted that gut feeling. Um, and I moved my entire life to literally the opposite side of the continent. Mm-hmm. Right? And um, I'm, I'm so grateful. Like, this is an amazing, beautiful city. Um, people love the fact that I'm from Toronto. I don't, it's like this exotic thing. It's like, yeah, oh my yeah. gosh, you're from. And, you know, in, in the U.S., they pronounce, because in Canada, we don't pronounce, like, the second T's in most of our statements. Mm-hmm. So they're like, Toronto. Oh, you're from Toronto? And I'm like, you know, we call it Toronto, but yeah. sure. Like, oh, my gosh, Canadians are so nice. You guys are so cool. You guys, I'm like, sure. I guess that's whatever. <laughs> like, I'll take it. <laughs> that's funny. Do you change how you act when you're in Seattle compared to when you're in Canada? Um, I know. Um, I've always stood by the mentality of, I don't, I'm just going to be myself. Mm-hmm. I knew in Ottawa, I kind of, I did slightly, I became a slightly more reserved version of myself because, um, you know, I'm in this, Ottawa is more of a student city, you know, smaller, people know each other. Um, I had a lot of rumors being spread about me. I'm not going to go into detail about that. Part of it, I'll blame myself for part of it. And then the other part of it, I felt it was very much overblown. So to like stay away from the negativity being said around me because that was probably the first time in my life I ever experienced people just not liking me. And um, I kind of like minimized myself in a way where close friends to me would be like, no, like can't do that. But, you know, the PTSD was just so much stronger in my head Mm. that um, I kind of minimized myself. But by the time the end of last year came, I'm like, yo, who gives a crap? People are going to talk bad about you whether you do well or you do bad. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm in Seattle, I'm probably more of myself than ever. And but with the people I've met here, <laughs> they've all said I'm just different because um, I'm just I talk with a lot of confidence. I'll say how I feel. I try not to be rude, um, but because I say things very directly, sometimes people will take it. Like some people have taken offense to things I said. It's like no, I'm just so I'll just ask them. Okay, what did I say that was so bad? It's like oh well, it sounded like you said such and such. Well, that's not what I said. Mm. I said A. You heard A B. I just said, hey, don't don't add meaning to what I said. And, you know, some people would say, oh, it's, it's about perspective and reading between the lines. I said, well, you can't you can't respond up of what you think I said, because if I now apply that same logic of adding my own personal perspective to a statement, then I could come to any conclusion I want. Like I can say that because you said you like dogs, I can just come to the conclusion that, OK, you hate humans. Right. Because it's my own personal perspective on how I on what I heard you say. So if you're saying you like dogs, I'm going to just assume the only thing you mean is that you like dogs. Mm. So if I say I like let's say cats, then that's all I'm saying. Don't. And I'm, I'm simplifying it, obviously. But um, I've noticed that, um, you know, it's not it's a very rare thing that people get offended by what I say. But, you know, in the times where people are like taking what I said out of context, I'm like, no, like, that's not what I said repeat what I said and they'll repeat it. It's like, okay, where did you hear what you heard in that statement? <laughs> it's uh, in their and, trauma. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and then I also tell people like, I'm, I'm like, I'm not what you're accustomed to. Like I'm not from Seattle. I'm not even from this country. Right. So um, I'm very much myself. I enjoy it. 
Um, it's great to be in an environment where people appreciate you for you. Um, there's this term that I really coined. I didn't coin it, but I use it now. It's go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. A friend of mine, his name is Ryan. He told me that years ago, and it's kind of just stuck with me. And being in Seattle, I'm now in a place where people appreciate me and celebrate me, and that feels good. Versus where people are tolerating you, and you can see that they don't want to be around you. So I like I like being in Seattle. I feel comfortable being myself here. Laugh, crack jokes all the time, play basketball. Um, I haven't really dated much. Um, I think it's uh, dating is expensive, but I think I'm going to start soon. <laughs> yeah. Because you're just focusing on your career, or just because you want to save money? I'm in a new both. I'm in a new country. Um, like I've gone out on some dates. Like the girls have been great. Like sometimes, but um, you know, I'm very much. I for the first three four months, I just wanted to settle. Hmm. I just wanted to settle. Now I think this time is going to go on. Weather's getting nicer, um, so I think now it might be the time to start doing that. But um, I also wanted to. I don't know career as well i just got into acting and modeling recently hmm. i got signed in march uh, maybe congratulations that something i should advertise thank you i got signed in march to an agency funny enough back in canada um angie's amti um and you know she's been great um and i'm looking forward to how that career path is going to be going i'm going to do that while working full time and then if i get like an amazing gig oh i'm out of here <laughs> but <laughs> It's, I'm not. I'm not looking for that right now because I really like my job. Hmm. Like I'm not willing to trade it in right now for something that could be great. Hmm. Like if it's not minimum mid six figures like role, I'm not dropping what I'm doing hmm. just so I can go do it. Like I really, really love my job. So. That's that's great, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Do you think moving away from home? makes you open to moving to different places now? 100%. 100%. I, funny enough, that in Seattle, of all places, I've now come to the realization that life is meant to be enjoyed. Like, mm. everybody, everybody, like, yes, I did move from home for years, but it was always a quick drive back. Mm-hmm. It was always, like, a very, very quick drive back. Now I'm in Seattle. My mom, like, I came home just last week to go celebrate my graduation, as you know. That flight was so long. <laughs> like, I don't want to make this flight <laughs> much again. So now I'm like, oh, I'm deaf. I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna take a trip to Japan soon. I'm, mm. I'm a massive anime nerd, so I want to go make a trip to Japan. I want to, um, I want to visit Sweden at some point. Sweden looks very good. I'm at this year. I need to visit London. I have to visit the UK. Mm. I have to. So now moving, I would consider, I want to maybe move to one more place in the U.S. before I would think of moving to a completely different continent. Hmm. But now that I've done it, and I'm not going to lie, moving countries is way different than moving in between, in, in, around Ontario. Um, and I'm, I'm, I've noticed that now. But I'm so much more prepared now. And it's so funny that um, after I moved, my, my younger sister was so invigorated and motivated by me moving that she actually, as of three weeks ago, just moved to Vancouver, uh, not Vancouver, my bad, um, Virginia. Mm. She, she did the same process I did. Um, I advised her on the move, told her all the things that I went through, the things that I wish I had done better to make it a smoother transition. She did that. I'm very happy for her. She got a great job. So I'm, I'm in, and then I got some friends who have actually moved as well. Like, it's like, 
when it rains, it pours. One, um, a friend of mine helped me. So now I'm helping other people. And it's been, it's been an amazing time. So I, I do see myself moving somewhere else in the future now that I've done this massive move. Hmm. Where are you heading? Europe? I want to I wanna spend a year in the UK for sure. Why are you like, okay? Just, I don't know. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's small. It's, it's small, different culture. I want to I experience different cultures because I'd like them to be enjoyed. Hmm. And excuse me, I, wanna, I want to enjoy myself. So if I make it big as a grand, the goal, like, let me not tell you if I make it big. I want to be a great actor. I've always loved acting. I just, you know, Nigerian immigrant parent, go finish school. <laughs> <laughs> and my parents are not going to let me go to school for acting. So yeah. <laughs> go get a degree. <laughs> It's something that'll make you money. <laughs> and then whatever you want to do after, do it after. <laughs> right? So, you know, I got my job. I got my small business. No, not even call it small business. I got my job. I got my business. So I know that I'll never have to rely on acting. So I'm happy that they instill those values in me. But if I get like a really good role and I have enough money, I'm moving wherever the hell I want. Like, <laughs> I'm going anywhere. So I'm gonna if I want to spend a year in the UK, spend a year in the UK because now I have the money to do it. Because you know whatever I might film for four or five months in Vancouver, and then for the next seven, I can just chill in my place in the UK. Mm -hmm, for sure, so I, I want to experience that. Have you hired a uh, acting coach? So yes, I do my acting classes. I actually start next week. Oh, sweet, man. I Excited. I, I, I prolonged it because I got signed in end of March, and I'm only starting the classes in July. I mm. really wanted to focus on getting settled in Seattle. I didn't want to be, like, even my own my side business, like, I only really got back to doing it three weeks ago. Mm. I wanted to really focus on, you know, main, like, getting settled, doing what I need to do, because it's, it's a lot, like especially with most of the people I talk to on the East Coast. So they're three hours, I'm three hours behind them. So by the time I'm done work around four or five o'clock, seven, eight o'clock their time. So, you know, finding a schedule that works for me actually is very hard. Mm -hmm. But um, I think I've I think I've figured it out now. So in other words, longer due dates, like farther due dates, like none of the quick, like five, six, seven, maybe 10 day projects I used to do. Now I'm, I'm elongating it to like 14 days, 18 days, 20 days. Right, and if I happen to finish things earlier, great, but this minimizes pressure on myself. Mm -hmm. When you moved to Seattle, you didn't have friends there or you didn't know anyone there, right? We didn't know anyone. Ooh. My dad happened to know somebody he introduced me to. And I met some people online. Like two pe I only knew two people. I met them online. I didn't know them personally. So, um, yeah, I went there knowing nobody. Didn't, I hadn't even met my dad's friend yet. <laughs> so, um, I remember that's Renia. So, I knew no one in Seattle. So, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a crazy thing when you think about it. Like, I'm going somewhere where I know no one and know nothing. And my first maybe hour there, I went to go to a bank at a credit union. I'm like, hey, you know, I want to get a bank card. I want to get a bank here or a bank card here. I want to bank with. And I didn't realize that it was a four minute walk from my work. <laughs> so, I'm like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> So at that bank, I met this guy. His name's um, he's a good friend of mine now. I love this guy, Kareem. Hmm. He walked in. I walked in with this, this girl I knew, this black girl I knew. And the reason why I mentioned she's black is because when I walk, when Kareem walks in, he his and I laugh at him all the time. His eyes open so wide because he's like, wow, black people. Like I can <laughs> see it on his face. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'm like at the bank teller. I'm like, yo, I just moved. I, like, I just moved to Seattle. I was like, oh, when'd you move? I said, an hour ago. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, where'd you move from? Toronto. He's like, oh my gosh, like you're from Toronto. I'm from New York. And like, mind you, he's not beside me. He's on the other side of the bank, like telling that. <laughs> so I told my friend to go talk to him real quick. And um, while I get my banking details set up, and I told him that, yo, I want to go out tomorrow. Let's all go bowling or something. And let's invite him. We went bowling like nine people deep. Like I just, I, I'd meet someone on the road and I'd be like, yo, let's go. Let's go hang out. Let's go do something. And um, like Kareem's for sure, like more than anybody's probably been my closest friend since I moved to the city. And um, I've just been making make friends probably every week. And now got like a small little community and people are surprised. My mom was never worried about me when it came to like my social, my social life, because I've always been somebody that could just make friends anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it was, I, I wasn't worried about that either. Were you always been like that? Even when you were young, you were very friendly and outgoing. Yeah, my mom said um, since I was a kid, I've always been like, I'll just have, I'll spark up a conversation with anybody. I'll be in line, just talk to random people. I'll be walking on the street. I can be by myself on the street, just talk to people. It's just what I do. I, I don't know where it came from. I don't know how I became like this, but it's just always been in my nature. I admire people like that. I mean, I could talk to people, but I'm not like just randomly talk to people. Yeah, I'll random. I will rant. I will see. I will be standing. And if someone beside me is standing and they look bored, I will just spark a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about anything. I'll talk about anything. Politics, religion, sports, economics, finances, I don't know, technology, the future, the past, nostalgia, TV shows, movies. Talk about anything. Mm, for sure. I know you're big on uh, church. Do you go every Sunday? So yeah, I go every Sunday. Um, funny enough, when I land, so I landed on a Friday. On the Sunday, I was in church. No way! How did you find Sunday, the church? So it's this pastor that I had been following. Um, I followed him a lot more in. I followed. I found about found out about him in 2015. His name is Pastor Judas Smith. Found out about him in 2015. Watched him for a few years, then like, kind of fell off, and then just started watching casually. And maybe a week before I left, I was hanging out with my friend David. And he was asking me, like, so, so have you found the church to go to yet? And I'm like, nah, bro, I can't find a church that I like. like I, I was researching, I didn't find anything. And he's like, doesn't your guy Judah Smith live in Seattle? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. So, like, when you're seeing all these coincidences happen, like, there's no way, like, it's a coincidence at this point. Like, I know for a fact I'm supposed to be in Seattle. And he said that, I'm like, oh, I know, I know where I'm going now. Funny enough, his church is a 30-minute drive from my house. <laughs> or at the house I was... So, at the apartment I was staying at, I actually moved apartments my second week in Seattle because mm. it was just terrible. It was a terrible experience. And I was able to get out of my lease, like, really early. And it was just a terrible experience. And that first Sunday, that was a $37 Uber there and a $48 Uber back. But I didn't care. I said, you know, and then I remember, you know, your first time guest was like, oh, your first time guest. Like, oh no, how, you know, where are you from? Like, oh, from Toronto. I was like, oh, when did you move here? Friday. And they're, they're so shocked that within 48 hours, I'm in church. Mm. Right. To the point where my friend Kareem, we all went out. We went out on the Saturday the day before. We went bowling. We went, we went to a comedy show, bowling, pool. We were out to like 1 a.m. And I'm like, yo, bro, I want to go to, I want to go home, man. Like, I'm tired. He's like, how are you so tired? It's like, because my body's so big since 4 a.m. He's like, oh, what are you doing tomorrow? I was like, oh, I'm going to church. Like, what? Like, what time? He said, 9 a.m. He's like, what? 
he like he couldn't fathom the idea that I'm out late and then I'm still planning on going to church in the morning. And then he's like, oh, have you ever been there? Because I know you just got here. I said, no, I haven't been here. He's like, yo, you want to come with me next week? He's like, sure. I said, yeah, let me check it out this week. See if, you know, if I like it. Mm. And if I like it, come out next week. And I liked it. Brought him out the next week. So <laughs> that's that's how I am. I, I, I take my faith really seriously. Um, I try to, I don't try to fake it. Like, I'm very much a human being. So I don't try to be this fully art now, like second coming of Christ figure. Mm. So I just... No, I'm very realistic. Is that from your parents? Yeah, I'm um, definitely from my parents and my own um, inquisitiveness. My mom, I was always somebody that asked a lot of questions. And my mom hated answering my questions. So <laughs> what she did is teach me how to research. Mm. So she taught me how to research properly. So she taught me how to fact check things. And, you know, that ended up helping me in school. <laughs> um, when it, I knew that, okay, I want to, I want to, stick with Christianity. I feel, and everybody can have their own opinion. I feel that, um, you know, Christianity is what I want to connect to and what I feel is the realest for me. Mm. And um, that's what I want to stick with. So I did, I spent my, most of my life proving it to be right and then finding facts to back it up. And then at the end of the day, but I don't, I don't use what I know to like down other things. It's more to just gain as much knowledge as possible because I'm somebody that, um, I believe that if you're going to be involved in something and commit your life to it, whether it's a job, whether it's a religion, whether it's a political party, whether it's a social group, I really believe that you should be as um, learnt, as well learned in it as possible. Like, there's no point in being halfway in, halfway out. Like, hmm. bro, if you don't really, if you're, let's say somebody that you just go to church because you feel like you need to like fill a quota, hmm. but you don't actually care, or you're um, Muslim, and you just go to the mosque with your parents, so you go to the mosque or you're Buddhist, you're never in the Hindu temple, like you don't, you don't actually follow any of the principles. Mm-hmm. Just quit. Like, just <laughs> go live your life <laughs> and do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Right? That's just how I, that's how I feel. Like, it is so much easier. Like, just forget it all together and just do what you want to do. Obviously, it's bad advice, but it's like, <laughs> oh, like, you're wasting your time. Like, because like, let's say you're a Christian, let's use Christianity as an example, and you don't really believe in any of it, <laughs> but you go to church because you feel like, oh, you kind of just have to. Just mm. stop going to church. Like, you don't believe in it. Just go find something else you want to do and commit to that, right? Obviously, I would love for you to be Christian, but if you're not, bro, go do something else. And I, I, I know how to se- um, separate, like, social arguments, Christian arguments, and I don't base, like, arguments or debates or conversations around the Christian foundation only because... Not everybody I'm going to talk to has that Christian foundation. So mm-hmm. I, I will more so speak in like a open world religion concept. Like, oh, okay, if you're following a specific religion, it's just best. If you don't really care, just stop following it. Like, mm-hmm. go live your life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't waste. I, I say, I say, on the pot or on the floor, make yeah. up your, make up your mind. That's it. Mm-hmm. I want to touch base. Yeah, well, I want to touch base with what your mom said that you said about your mom that she taught you how to research. I love that how she did. Like, as you know, talking about uh, the Bible or Christ is like teach the man to fish. Mm-hmm. I, yep. I love that, man. I love that because you know how parents are. There. They just teach you how to do it, but they don't teach you how to do it better. Yep. So my, mom, so my mom's a computer engineer. So I was around computers very early. 
Like I've never bought a computer in my life, by the way. I've never bought a laptop in my life. My mom always like brings them. So I learned how to use it would have been Yahoo and AOL at the time, but I learned how to search things up and fact check them very early. Hmm. And that's it's because my mom taught me. And from there, that's and I think and obviously it can be dangerous because you can just stumble on research that can be so blasphemous, but because she taught me how to research and taught me how to fact check because she taught me that if this is your foundation, everything you research needs to be able to prove that foundation. Mm-hmm. If it contradicts that foundation, it's either you're wrong in the actual belief that you know your foundation isn't real or isn't like factually correct, or you're not researching well enough. I and love that's it. how she taught me. I love it. It's so computer like if this is black, it mm-hmm. means is X. If not, it's something else. Yep. And that's, and that's how I was taught. And um, there's this term that um, Christians use, that theologians really use. It's called, um, it's called hermeneutics. It's just like in simple terms, the Bible needs to prove Bible. So the concept is if something looks like a contradiction, it's not that there's a contradiction. It's just that you haven't researched well enough or you're not understanding it properly. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I follow that. And then um, if, if you stay on that course, you, you can do it properly or you can use an, it's a lit, There's another literary term it's called exegesis. And it's just it's E-X-E-E-X-E-G-E-S-I-S. It's not a Christian term. It's just a term used in literature and English and linguistics. It's literally just the interpretation of literature. So how you interpret things matters and the method in which you interpret things matters. So exegesis is the concept for, for the Bible, the tool and the matter in which you interpret it is through hermeneutics. So that's mm-hmm. how you make sure that, you know, you're always on path. And I also believe that like the Bible isn't the only book written in ancient Israel, like other books that were written at that time need to be able to like factually prove that what the Bible is saying is true. So somebody I researched with, um, a lot of times is, um, or the book I research a lot is the, I think it's called the Antioch of, or this guy, Josephus, 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 I can't pronounce this guy's name, but um, he wrote about Jesus while Jesus was alive. Mm. Right. But it's not, it's never like, he didn't write any like scripture. It's just that he was a, he was a philosopher. He was a researcher and he wrote about things that were going on in Israel while it was like, while he was there and Jesus was alive during the same time period. So um, I do believe books of history should also prove the Bible. Like if you're reading a book of history and it's completely going against the Bible or vice versa, something's wrong somewhere. Mm. You got to figure that out. So Mm. that's just how I look at it. Definitely. I'm pretty sure you went through hardships. Like when you went to Ottawa, you had those rumors going around. Mm -hmm. Have there been moments that tested your faith? 100%. 100%. Uh, The concussion, the three concussions, not the fourth one. The fourth one is actually what strengthened my faith. Because mm. then I'm like, yo, I literally, I remember talking, I remember praying, I'm like, yo, bruh. And I remember, this is how I was looking at, I was looking up, it was November 16, 2014. I was looking up, I'm like, yo, God, life can't be this hard. <laughs> <laughs> life, life can't be this hard. And, and then God was, said, well, have you been to Lagos? <laughs> <laughs> my mom has said that, funny enough. <laughs> So I, that's when I took my faith really seriously. But um, in Ottawa, if we're going to use Ottawa specifically, of, of course. Um, you know, I was in school for a while. Um, I'm like, yo, I need to graduate. Like, what the heck is going on? Like, I don't mm-hmm. like this. This is, this is tough. During that 
especially my last two years of my degree, I was experiencing a lot of stomach ulcers. Hmm. So it was just hard to focus, hard to be in class. I was just having a very uncomfortable time. And for sure, my faith was tested. Even in Ottawa, you know, I'm getting rumors about me because I've just never experienced it before. And because I don't think I'm fam- I'm not famous or anything. So it's like, why are people speaking negative about me anyway? Do you that's when I, when you I don't have to realized. go in details, but what kind of rumors was it? I'm just, I'm sleeping around with these people. And I'm like, yo, I'm not sleeping around with anybody. Like, that's hmm. impossible. I don't think you know, nobody or I've said this about this person. I'm like, bro, if I have a problem with somebody, I will just tell them myself. Like, I don't need a spokesperson. Like, <laughs> I am very much a direct person. Like, I don't need any of that. So that was tough because I just hadn't experienced that before. And, um, mm. you know, at the time I'm like, yo, like, why would God bring me to Ottawa for me to experience these things and um and outside and then you know different family issues um the health issue the health issues was probably the biggest one because it's like you brought me here and i'm not even healthy enough to like do what i'm supposed to do which is get my degree mm. and that that was that was so tough for me because um i'd lose so much weight um i'd be so ill i couldn't i couldn't I couldn't function a lot of the time. Um, mm. Like some, some of those, like it started off with a, started off with um, a virus. Then it um, upgraded to an ulcer. And I was suffering for that for years. Like mm. it was, it was just so bad. And um, then headaches came as like massive migraines, not even headaches, massive migraines come. Um, I was experiencing like random back spasms. So it wasn't the most comfortable time there. And that's probably like where my face is just shaken where I'm like, yo, I'm 20, how old was I when I found, I was 25 when I finally graduated university, you know, but like my contemporaries have already graduated. I'm looking at myself like, yo, like I'm not having a mouth into anything. I'm not even healthy enough to be able to move past all these problems. But, you know, I, I talk, I would call my mom, I would call my dad. Like I'd be crying on the phone sometimes. Like, yo, I, mm. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like I don't see myself graduating. I don't think I'll be able to succeed like I, I don't know what's gonna happen I remember my parents both of them would always tell me the same thing like it it'll pass trust me it'll pass so that going to now the graduation like people were like why are you going to your graduation that happened two years ago I'm like bro if you knew what I went through to get that stupid degree <laughs> I almost you, died dude yeah like several times like <laughs> no like that thing meant everything to me like Getting that, because I remember when COVID happened, it happened, like, I graduated May 2020. COVID happened in March. When I found out we couldn't do our convocation, I cried. Like, I genuinely just cried. I'm mm. like, what the heck, man? Like, I'm never going to be able to celebrate my grad. I'm never going to be able to enjoy this moment. But I got a chance to enjoy it with my close family and friends. And it was very beautiful. So um, my faith was shaken. But now that I look back at it, two years, like, I guess we'll say two and a half, two and a half years ago, you know, I didn't think I was going to finish two and a half years later. I'm in a different country by myself, self-sufficient, grateful to God in an amazing environment. And what I'm realizing is one of the best cities in the U S you know, if you have money, because <laughs> this is a not, it's not a cheap city to live in. <laughs> um, and I'm like, I'm it's only God at this point. Like I'm only grateful to God because it wasn't me. Cause I wanted, if it was up to me, I would have quit years ago. Mm. And then I would never have gotten to where I've gotten to. That's amazing, man. You talk to your pastor almost every day or only on Sundays? 
So funny enough, I have yet to meet the pastor. I've never actually met Judas Smith. I've never got a chance to meet him. I cannot wait to finally meet him. <laughs> it's just he because he lives in he lives in L.A. Even though he started his church in Seattle, he lives in L.A. So he's here about once a month. Mm. So the last two times he was in town, I wasn't in town. Okay, so, so he's not I doing mean, the service all the time. It could be someone else. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so. Okay. I'm like, dang, I have yet to meet this guy. Like, and it wasn't until you said it just now that I realized, wait, I've never met him. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've met all the other pastors at the church. I've met all the other leaders. I have yet to meet him. So at some point, I'm, I'm not rushing it. At some point, I'll meet him. I still talk to my pastor, pastor I went to the church with hmm. um, back in Ottawa. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried. But now that, but now that we've had this talk, In the next two weeks, I have to, like, the next time he's in Seattle, I have to meet him. You I'm got make, him, I'm man. Make a, I'm making a concentrated, focused effort to meet him. Take a selfie, send it to me, I want to see. <laughs> Perfect, let's do it. Like, I, I got to meet, meet him. There's no way I've been at this church for five months now. <laughs> wow, if you never mentioned that, I would never have realized it. <laughs> hey, I'm here for you, man. <laughs> Why you, do Bob. you like him? What's special about him compared to the other ones? So with him, um, I used to do a lot of spoken word growing up. And then um, there was just a day where I was preparing for, I was invited to go do this at the spoken word event. And I was having a hard time memorizing what I was going to say. So I'm like, dang, I don't know what to do. So I just went on YouTube. So that's my, that's my go-to when I don't know what to do. I'll just go on YouTube and just watch anything not related to what I'm doing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Open up your mind. So that's it. I saw, I saw a sermon. I believe the sermon was called When God Crosses His Hands. And the only reason why I clicked on it, I'm seeing this package with these like big beady glasses. I'm like, what the heck is this? So I clicked it. And he speaks very poetically, but he doesn't mm. use notes when he's talking. Mm. He just talks, but he speaks so poetically. I'm like, if this guy can do a sermon poetically off the top of his head, oh, I can, I can wing my poem. I can completely wing my poem. And that's exactly what I did. And that's how I do it now. Like, whether I have to MC, whether I have to do, because I do public, like with the public speaking, I have to, I have to MC, if I have to give a speech, I have to do a poem, a preach, whatever I have to do, I'm winging it. Like, <laughs> I'll have, I, I just remember what my main points are, and then I just wing, I just fill in the rest. Wow. So, his style of preaching is very, and it's also very practical. So, I like that. You can tell he's having fun. When he talks, he's very authentic, very honest. And it's that authenticity I really like. Um, he's not what I'm used to, I'll be mm. honest. Like, I'm used to, like, black Pentecostal or, like, super African or, like, all that. Like, a lot of yelling, <laughs> a lot of jumping around, <laughs> a lot of loud music, a lot of running, a lot of dancing. That's what, I, that's what I'm accustomed to. So mm. he's obviously a lot different than what I'm used to. And But I'm not, I wouldn't change a thing. I really wouldn't change a thing. Nice. Have you ever thought of being a pastor? Yeah, it's probably going to be one at some point. Um, <laughs> I, I see it in the, I see, I see it in God's plan. I see it in the cards. Yeah. Either that, or I'll be, I'll be a traveling preacher for sure. Mm. And I think um, my, per, like, I mean, natural like pastoring heart. Like I love people. Like I, I love people. I love checking about people. I love taking care of people. But um, I think I'd probably be better suited with traveling preacher but that's just me god can say something totally different yeah. um but um yeah I, i wouldn't be surprised if i become a pastor at some point 
Mm-hmm. And I, when I say pass, I mean like senior pass visitors. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that just randomly happened at some point. But traveling preacher, I like that. Like somebody I like listening to a lot because I don't see myself. Like I realize that I'm not like I preach, sure, but I don't know if you know this guy, Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Jordan Peterson. I love how he does public speaking mm-hmm. where he will nerd the heck out, but always find a way to incorporate scripture. Mm. Right. Because he understands that his audience isn't all Christian, but everybody's going to know that he's a Christian. Mm. Right. And I'm somebody that I like, like, I don't like just one avenue of public speaking. Like I like giving lectures. I like speeches. I like Ted talk. I really want to do a Ted talk at some point. I like doing presentations. So I'm not stuck to one area. I actually like all forms. So I want to be able to have that. Um, I want to really be able to have that freedom to do that. Something I really want to start in the future. And I'm not advertising it because I started. Like at some point in the next two years, I want to start something called the, the Speakers Coalition. That's what I've decided to call it. Where I will just travel with a bunch, like two or three or four speakers. And we will just speak at campuses. We'll speak at conventions. We'll speak at events. And if it's something that you know, I want to have it to have different divisions as well, so that let's say it's a black uh, event for black people, like we can just focus on that. If it's an event for Mexicans, we can focus on that. If it's a Christian, if it's an event for Christian, not necessarily a Christian event, but an event for Christian, we can focus on that. Like I wanted to have, like I want to be able, I want to have that freedom to be able to do all forms of that. If it's about entertainment, music, I want that. So at some point, I will do that. And it'll be a mix of male and females. And then on the side, I want to do something just strictly for men. I don't know what I'm going to call it. I'm probably going to call it M2M or like men to men or men for men or something or M squared or MQ. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I really want to do something for men in the future. But I'm not advertising any of it because nothing, it's all still in the note taking stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me let uh, let me build myself as a speaker first. I'm, yeah, I've finally gotten back into it um, after like a four year hiatus. Um, but I'm going to build myself back into that. And then, um, I'll use whatever notoriety I gain to now build something else that other people can now be a part of. Other people can use that as a platform to, um, you know, send us the messages they want to send and then allow us to bless other people's lives. Like Jordan Peterson, funny enough, is just somebody that I really admire. Another one, Ben Shapiro, funny enough. People have their opinions on both of them. (laughs) Um, but I also like Andrew Schultz, the comedian. I like... Mm. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I like, um, what other speakers do I like? To some extent, I like Dwayne Wade when he speaks sometimes. Like, I like listening to different pastors. Like, I'm somebody that, I like. I don't like staying on one. I like listening to John Cena when he speaks. Like, mm. like I, I watch wrestling. I don't even watch wrestling for the action anymore. I watch wrestling for how well they talk on the mic. Yeah. Like, to really see, like, wow, imagine addressing 20,000 people, but you're not facing them. They're literally all around you. Like, that's a different type of speaking and crowd control that you have to do. So I look at all forms of speaking, and I want to get involved in all forms. That's beautiful. I'm excited for you, man. Listen, man. Thank you. I think we're there. But before we close out, do you have any last remarks? Life is meant to be enjoyed. (laughs) That's beautiful, man. Anyways, thank you again, Tele. I really do appreciate for you coming on. All right. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, if anybody wants to talk to me, just message me on IG. Anybody knows, anybody can get me an acting role or a modeling role, by all means, send it my way. I'll test it out. It'll <laughs> or do. if anybody wants me to speak somewhere, I'm down. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Have a good evening. All right. Thank you. Same to you, Buck. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you again, Sele, for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it.
Thank you, listeners, for listening. This is Aaron Deliosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later.